Hello, our podcast is about staying connected with the people of our communities, their families, businesses, sexual events, and personal life issues. This is Bethany and Dr. Sarah with Staying Connected in the Wiregrass, and this is episode six. Today, we are discussing getting back on a track to the new normal. How are we adapting and adjusting to what we now call the new norm? Yeah, I don't know if I can get used to calling this the new norm. I'm getting a little tired. How about you? Yeah, I I don't think I'll ever get used to putting on a mask. Just don't like it. <laughs> I totally agree. After a while, and I've been doing some research on it, after a while, you know, because I started having light headaches. I would notice that. And so I did some research and turns out that wearing the mask because of the lack of oxygen, it does cause headaches. There is something else that we have to contend with because of the virus. And like you say, I don't know, it's just even though some of the masks are really stylish and cute. <laughs> and by the way, I did make some. My daughter assisted me and we did make some masks. I have to get the logo on them, um, but we did make some masks and that was fun to do. But although they are just as cute as they can be, I'm really starting to get tired of having to remember to put the mask on. Yeah. I always keep one in my car yeah. so I don't forget. Well, I keep one in my car, but even when I get out, I have to remind myself to put the mask on. And I think it's because um, for a long while, I didn't even go out. And so I've still only gone into maybe a three stores. So I'm having to just remember that. But it's, it's kind of difficult, too, with having the girls because... I don't want to take them into the stores. So like for an example, this past week, my husband and I both went out and we took the girls with us. So he went in, I told him what I wanted, but he wasn't too sure if that's what I wanted. So he came back out and then I went in. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, we're having to be so creative yeah. with these new norms. And I'm just like, even today, I just was driving home from, the office and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I'm a little tired of this. Me too. I mean, I still wear it because safety is the best policy. It's just, I feel like I won't go out as much so I can just stay home and not have to put on my mask. But like you said, it's just mm -hmm. so hard to breathe mm -hmm. in. I have to adjust it all the time because it like blocks my vision sometimes. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a whole process. And if you're wearing makeup, you know, if you're wearing makeup, it's kind of like, what's the point? Because the mask is kind of taking some of the makeup off. Because I have like some of the, the fabric type masks. I have those. And then I, ha I also have the ones that they use in the medical facility. So I have like two types. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't want this to become our new normal. But I am afraid that it's going to be that for at least and I'm hoping I'm so wrong, but I'm, I think at least the next six to eight months because, you know, um, we're starting to see the numbers increase. Yeah, they've been going up really high the past few days, like over 800 a day. Mm -hmm. And then I'm seeing a lot of other people that do not have the mask on. So that, again, is some concerns. 
So I just kind of came to the conclusion yesterday, or I should say, I just made a decision that I'm not going to go out if I don't have to. We have pretty much went out and got a lot of the items that we needed from the grocery stores. And so I'm just kind of going to go back on isolation. I'll go out to my office by appointment only. And other than that, I'm just going to stay in because, you know, until we start seeing a decrease in numbers, a significant, you know, decrease in numbers. I just hope we don't go back to like shutting things down. I don't think we will because I know the economy can't handle it. It's just hard because like I just want to hang out with my family, my friends and not have to worry about Mm -hmm. if I'm going to get COVID-19. Right. I'm trying to remember. It was a state that said they were considering going back. I don't think it's California, but it's a state. I'm going to have to take a look at that. Um, but that they are considering going back into um, isolation because of the increased numbers. I also saw, uh, I think it was on CNN, that Beijing, they have shut that city down because of the increase in numbers. We're not out of this, you mm-hmm. know, and people, I think, have to, despite what, you know, having to go to work and, and the economy, this is dangerous. and. You know, the thing that I think about most is if I'm out and something happens, who's going to take care of my family? Because if something happens to me, then what if I give it to them? So there is so much more to it than just going out to do some things that you need to do. While I do miss going out, I really do, because my daughter and I was talking about this last week, and we're pretty much homebodies, but we're like, you know what? We just want to go sit in a restaurant and have dinner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just we want... just want to go and just do something that we used to do. Yeah. And have like a girl's night. Like, I just want to be able to go out, have a drink with some of my friends or go to the movies, you know, things like that, that we took so much for granted mm-hmm. before because it was an easy thing to do. And now it's like the simple things we just want back in our our lives. So what I'm thinking about doing is since outdoors um, is a better environment, um, I'm thinking about just having something out in my yard um, for just a small number of us to come together and to just sit and talk and really um, talk about what's going on because as the weeks continue on, people are starting to feel, of course, like we feel. Although you are coping with it and you're dealing with it and you're finding creative ways to manage life, it does take its toll. And I just want to kind of do a girlfriend check, if you will. And I just want to check on everybody face-to-face using, of course, our social distancing, but just to to give them an opportunity to vent. Even though you're over the phone and you can do that over the phone, There's nothing like being in person. If you got to cry, cry. Let's talk. Let's find out what's going on and how can we really help support one another. And I think that for moms, they need a break from the children. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so that's something that I really want to work on doing within the next couple of weeks. How have the people that you talk to, how are they adapting and adjusting to the new norm? Are they handling it okay or... Do they feel the same way as us? It's kind of half and half. Some of them are handling it. They're like us to where they have gotten to the point where they understand what's going on. They have reassessed, reevaluated, you know, things that they need and don't need as far as what um, what is essential. Um, they've looked into creative ways to spend their time 
and quality time with their family, but they are looking again to returning to some form of normalcy. And then you have the others on the other side that are kind of like, well, this is just the way it's going to be. And so I'm going to just embrace it um, the way that it is. It varies. And I think the other part that's kind of interesting, men tend to be handling this a lot better than women. Yeah. A lot better. Well, I guess they would because they're more, you know, they're not as emotional. Or they just know, don't show do, it. As we are, rather. Yeah. They might not show it right. like we do. <laughs> but I tell you something, too, um, that is getting a little serious is being able to pay your bills. Because a lot of the systems, I know I was trying to pay a couple of bills last week. And a lot of the systems are kind of messing up. I don't know if that's due to them not having enough uh, manpower, employees inside the office or handling certain parts. I can really see how it's starting to affect people in more ways than just not wanting to get sick. Yeah, it's a really challenging time. I'm glad that we're doing what we do, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm glad that we're trying to encourage others to just kind of, you know, stay connected as much as possible to keep each other uplifted, um, to keep each other encouraged. Because I think about my nine-year-old grandson who, again, children, they don't know completely, you know, what's going on. You can, you can talk to them about certain things, but some things you have to even keep the balance with that. But just the thing about friends, you know, doing things with friends and going to, they're used to going roller skating. They're used to going to fun zone and to, what is the other place where they jump on those trampolines and stuff? Action air. Yes. Yes. Bowling. They're used to, we were doing like family activities every other weekend. And so these were active children that were used to going out places and now most of them aren't open, but even still, for the safety of everything, it's like my daughter isn't, you know, she doesn't feel comfortable with, with taking them into these places. And I understand completely. Well, maybe know, so. maybe kids will get back to like how it used to be where they're playing outside all day long. So it was like that when I was growing up. And I remember my parents, when they were kids, they said they were always outside from morning until it was dinner time. So maybe... Kids will now get back to that because before a lot of kids were inside playing their video games. Maybe now this is forcing them to get outside more at a distance, obviously. Yeah, I think so. Um, Now, they used to go to the park quite a bit. I think the only difference, because that's what we did, we played outside all the time as children. I think the only difference is me being in the north, growing up in the north, the temperatures were not the same. Oh, yeah, so, that's true. You know, here it's it's really hot, you know, outdoors. But the one thing um, that we did this weekend, we went and got them a swimming pool. We always get like they got, um, what is that like they do? It's golf, but um, mini putt-putt. I oh. think we kind of made them like this little mini putt-putt thing. We got them some baseball gloves and the ball so that they can play catch. We can play catch with them. So we are getting outdoors more, but as you know, The temperatures are also increasing. I forgot about that because I grew up in the north, too. So (laughs) all of our summer days were like in the 80s and we had like a slight breeze. Not this humid 100 degree day. Not this humid. (laughs) Totally forgot. And then, too, you know, right, completely. My grandsons come out from playing basketball. They come in rather from playing basketball and they're like, oh, they call me mama. They're like, mama, it is so hot out there. 
you know, and then you have, of course, the gnats. Yeah. <laughs> the, the gnats do kind of swarm you, you know, when the sun is out. So, of course, they have their different challenges, but, you know, they're getting through it. And we've been doing, um, I told them I was going to have a movie day with them Friday so that we can pop some popcorn and watch a movie. I don't want this to become our uh, new norm. And I am hoping that there are some measures. I know they're working on, you know, vaccinations and things of that nature. But I also think that just the concern, like, for an example, you and I, we have family members that live in other states. Mm -hmm. And the concern of even them going out and something happens to them. So it's not just about us and it's not just about whether we can go out to dinner or go shopping or any of those things, but it is the concern for, for life that we have for our loved ones and our family members and friends. And I think all of that weighs down on us psychologically, uh, emotionally, and even in some cases physically, you know, so um, we still have to find the good. We're sticking to that from the, from when all of this started. So we're still having to find the good. Uh, we still have to organize and prioritize our day. Um, and we still have to spend some quality time with ourselves to just make sure that we stay mentally healthy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And check on yeah. people, make sure they're doing okay. And, but really check on them mm-hmm. because someone may say, yeah, I'm doing okay. But they could be hiding it just because they say they're okay right. doesn't actually mean that they are okay inside. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, again, that is of the utmost importance because even though we've, we've seen a lot of support over um, the past few weeks, a lot of support in different ways. I think what we're, what we're hearing uh, if we're listening is that economically people are hurting. Sometimes we can take the things that we have for granted when we don't have to suffer or we don't have to struggle or we're not in need for food. But my heart goes out to uh, the people that are struggling and, and suffering in ways that I am not or that my family members are not. But I hear these stories and what I've been trying to do is pull together um, uh, networking resources to where I can send someone uh, to help. So if, if I can't help them, then I can send, uh, connect them to someone where they can get some help. And I think that that's building our community. I know some of the young ladies, you got the uh, health department that is not open yet. I don't think they're open yet. I know as of last week, they weren't. But anyway, if you needed pregnancy testing for uh, moms, wherever they would usually go, um, they started having to go to another place. I was able to at least say, you can go here to get your testing or just being able to connect with people and point somebody in that direction. If you need food, you can go here. So we have to have a listening ear in the community so that we can be a help to one another. And I think that's the thing that I love the most about our community is that we are a community that believe in helping people. Help, we help one another, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very true. We're the shoulder for people to lean on, yeah. but from a distance. <laughs> yeah, we really are. 
Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, Six feet eight, apart. <laughs> from certainly from right. Because <laughs> I talked to um, some of my um, uh, associates like at the chamber and like we really miss each other just uh, in passing, mm. you know, just it's, it's different. It really is different. Um, I do my very best not to uh, focus on the inconveniences. And instead, I focus on the conveniences. I focus on uh, my blessings. I wake up every morning, um, and I encourage people to do this. Start with at least seven things that you can be grateful for. I guarantee you, you'll have way more than seven. But at least start with seven things before you get on the phone, before you get on social media, you know, if you're married or have a roommate or whatever the case may be, before you talk to anyone else, just think about all the things that you are grateful for. And it really does change your day. What are some things that you're grateful for? Okay. So I first start off with, I'm grateful for life. That's my very first thing, because without that, I wouldn't have, you know, anything else. Then I say, I'm grateful for my health. Um, I am grateful for my family. I'm grateful to have a home to live in. I'm grateful for food, clothing. Um, I'm grateful for intelligence, for wisdom, for knowledge, for understanding. You know, I'm grateful for my relationship with God. I'm grateful that, you know, I am in a community that it makes me feel like I'm at home. And for all the people that are in my life, I'm grateful for them. And then this one is a shocker to some people. I'm even grateful for my bad experiences because it is the bad experiences along with the good that has shaped me to become the person that I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to serve others through my passion and my purpose. So see how it just starts to, you know, it just grow on you. And by the time you're done with that, you know, you just really have to me, at least I do. I have such an appreciation, you know, because I know that life could be different. I let that be the, the foundation or the basis of how I start my day. And I do that every day. And you can even do it throughout the day. Mm -hmm. When you start to um, lose focus or you start to get frustrated you can always go back to to the center of all things. I am grateful to be alive. Now, I can fix this problem because I'm grateful. I tell you, like yesterday, for an example, if there was a such thing as a perfect day, I had a perfect day. I intentionally had a perfect day, and it started off from my attitude. And my attitude was that today is going to be a good day. It's going to be a peaceful day. I am going to accomplish all of my goals. And it started off with my husband and I, um, we sat and we had coffee. Uh, the girls were still asleep. We had coffee. We had very good, uh, inspirational and empowering conversation. And then, you know, he went into his office. I went to mine and we just, we were able to accomplish everything that we had set to do. And it was such a peaceful day and such a productive day. Um, I was able to cook dinner on time. We finished the other day. Did your cell phone go out? Did you lose service, cell service? 
I did. Yeah. Did you? I did yesterday. You, me, and half the nation. That's so weird that you say that because it happened around like eight o'clock at night. Yes. And then it lasted the whole day, just about the following day. And I actually thought, you know how, because um, my husband paid our cell phone bill and I know that he paid the cell phone bill. So I thought, you know, perhaps it got to be something that's wrong with my phone. So I'm just talking about my phone and I'm going, oh, phone, it's time for me to upgrade anyway. And maybe I've had this phone too long because you know what it is when that phone gets old and you don't um, upgrade all this and that. And I'm just having all of this conversation complaining about my phone, (laughs) having no idea that. So what we decided to do, because he was in a meeting and I was trying to wait on him to get out the meeting because I couldn't call him. And so finally. I'm looking across the office because it was so cute. He came to my office to uh, have his meeting and I didn't want to interrupt him. So I'm trying to think like, maybe I could just text him, you know? And so finally he looks up and I'm like, I have no cell phone service. And so I was in the middle of a, um, a call trying to make a call. I was supposed to be um, having a session and I couldn't get a call out. And so, you know how you're thinking while you're in business, you're like, your client is probably thinking like, did they, did she miss my appointment? You know, what happened? I couldn't apologize. I was just feeling so bad. I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> so finally he tried his phone and he's like, well, wait a minute. I don't have service either. And then his associate that he was meeting with, he says, well, I only have one bar and that's unlikely. Mm-hmm. So we wrapped up and went to um, our cell company. And turns out nobody was having service. And when I tell you, Bethany, that everybody started coming in that door complaining, thinking, I thought I was the only one talking about my phone. We never thought that the towers went down or that there was a network problem because in our minds, it's just an isolated issue, you know. And so everybody was coming in there saying, I need you to take a look at my phone for some reason. I can't get And They were all saying the same thing, you know, all of the... Um, the sales associates they were having to explain. And I said, they're going to have such a hard day today because Mm -hmm. that place was filling up with people who were coming in. What's going on? You know, my phone isn't working. So we ended up just going home because we couldn't make any calls out. We couldn't get any calls in. So we called it a day and I actually got to bed for the first time, probably in a year at 1030. That's pretty good. I actually, I said, hey, that was, oh my goodness, that was very good for me because I usually don't go to bed until, you know, a little late. Cherish is kind of up sometimes um, until mm, 11. So I generally kind of quiet myself down about 1130. So ever since that, I said, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. That's going to be my new norm. My new norm is going to be going to bed early so that I can get up, which I got up yesterday at like 630. So that was really helpful, you know, for me. So I says, well, I won't complain that my phone went, my service was not working because I couldn't get any calls and I couldn't make any. So that really was helpful. Yeah. See, mine was only out for like a half hour, so it wasn't too bad, but like it was working. And then one second later, it wasn't working and I was driving. And when I get home, I always text my boyfriend, hey, I, I made it home. Like, I couldn't do that. So I was like, I I don't want him to think like I got in a car accident or anything like this. So 
I have an iPad, so I was able to mess Facebook message and be like, hey, I'm home, I'm safe, like nothing happened, but I couldn't make any phone calls to him or anything. You know what? That is exactly what I did with my daughter because she had the girls for me, and I, I went right on Facebook, and I just was letting her know. And I was glad that at least we still had, um, we were able to get connected that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank goodness for technology. Yeah, so- <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes, you know, we complain and a lot of people complain about, you know, social media. I will say now, and I know this isn't necessarily uh, our topic, but we're still adjusting to the new norms of having to use um, our our alternative ways, you know, of doing things. And so when our phones went out, of course, we were able to uh, get in contact with our family members through um, social media. That that was one of our... uh, alternatives. And so I have not really had any bad experiences with Facebook. I hear a lot of, you know, people saying, oh, you know, Facebook, this and social media, they do have negative opinions. And I understand that there are some negative things on there, but I will say I don't have friends that, um, and I have friends that range in, in area uh, ages as well as culture. So I have a good diverse group of friends and I'm not confronted with a lot of the negativity. I don't see a lot of that stuff and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. I don't see a lot of that negativity either. I like Facebook because I have a lot of friends literally like all over. So I have friends from New York and Michigan. So it's nice to keep in touch with them through Facebook. It's a lot easier that way. And you know, you learn how to use it. I will say that there was a time if there was anything that was more of a drawback, I would say that when I became a, maybe like a first time user, I did notice that I was spending too much time on there. But after a while, you learn how to manage your time. And so I think that if there is anything or one of the things that could be negative about it, Uh, for certain people is you do have to be careful about not getting caught up on there and spending too much time, you know, managing Mm -hmm. your time uh, on there, which is why I think I might go on there now, maybe once or twice a day. And and generally it may be late at night, might make one post or something like that. But I was thankful that I had access to it so that I was able to stay in touch with my daughter. These are some of the new norms, even with Zoom. Have you tried Zoom yet? Yeah, I'm not a fan of Zoom, but it works. Did you try it using your your phone or did you use your computer? Uh, At first I used my phone, but I didn't like it because you couldn't see everyone on there just because it's a smaller screen. So Mm -hmm. now I use a computer and it's a lot better. Yeah. So what didn't you like about it? I mean, it's not Zoom itself. Like, I like Zoom. I think it's just the meeting aspect because it's hard. I don't know. You can get a lot of feedback from like a phone or if you're outside and then it disrupts the whole meeting, just things like that. And then like a lot of people were obviously at home. So kids are in the meeting by accident. So it's just I don't know. I feel like we just get so distracted so easily. And then it's hard, too, because You don't know who's going to talk next. So it's like you could have three people talking at the same time. You don't really understand who's talking or what they're saying. That was my um, issue. I I like the idea of it, um, but it can become a little chaotic Mm -hmm. if you have too many people on there. Yeah. And we did like a 
um, my husband's family, they all got on there and it's 12 of them. And then they had their children. It was so many people that everybody was, and then different ones were carrying on conversations with the other one. And, and we were just like, oh, wow. So that was our first experience. And then um, one of my aunts passed away and um, they had her funeral on there. That was a positive experience yeah. because no one was allowed to talk, you know, so we were just pretty much attending the service. So that was a good experience. And then I used it again last week for a family. Their daughter um, is in the hospital and they had asked me to um, pray for her. And so we used it for that. And I think it was about three of us on there. And so that was a positive experience. So I think that um, it works. And I think that that's becoming the new norm, but I do believe that you have to um, keep it to a minimum. And, and my minimum really is like maybe six. I wouldn't want to do um, more than six people on there. Cause I'm thinking about uh, hosting cause we've used the conference line a lot, but I know that's not the same as, you know, seeing people visually. Mm -hmm. And so we're thinking about um, scheduling a lot of our bi-monthly meetings for the Real Housewives of Christianity uh, on there and just using maybe six people. I really, like I said, don't want to go beyond six to do that. But again, when we're talking about getting back on track and the new norms, adjusting to that, these are some of the uh, ways that we're, we're having to get back on track. And these are some of the new norms, ways of doing things that we are having to adjust to. Now, we have a summer youth, it's a summer entrepreneur youth program. It starts next week. Now, we're actually doing it on campus, but we limited our class to 15 students only so that we're able to make sure that we practice the social distancing and so I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to work out so that I know uh, how to schedule the next event. Because for me, that's big. Like, that's one of the main things that I was doing, workshops and seminars and, and classes. I really want to get back into that. Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. It's a youth entrepreneur summer program from ages 13 to 18. It's for two days, two weeks. It's a total of four days. And the first day is Monday, June 22nd. And then it's June 24th, June 29th, and then July 1st. So the classes are Mondays and Wednesdays. And they are from 10 o'clock a.m. until 2.30 p.m. For more information, they can call me at 334-655-3925. And then they can register. And this is absolutely free. We thought to invest in uh, the lives of our youth by doing this entrepreneur program for them. Um, and keeping it short, but it will be in depth. That's the only thing. Um, just because it's only four days, it doesn't mean that it won't be informative. It's going to be very uh, informative. My husband um, is going to be the main teacher. I'm going to do my part, but he's going to be uh, the main presenter. And he has 40 years of uh, entrepreneurship, uh, being in business. And so 
I'm just glad that he, when I asked him to do this, he, he was able to set aside some time to do it. And so this is really an opportunity that I'm looking forward to experiencing. And on um, the young people, I'm, I'm excited about the information that they're going to get. And do they just call you to sign up? Or should they email you? I know you gave your yes. phone number already, but was that the best way to get a hold of you? Yes, that's the best way to get a hold of me. It's easy to do that. They can register with me right over the phone. When they show up the first day of class, they will get their information and all of that, uh, all the good stuff that, that we have to offer, that we have to give. Parents can either drop them off or they can, depending on how many students, because we only want a maximum of 17 people in the building. That would include the 15 students, my husband and myself. If we don't get 15 students, parents can join and come in and sit uh, with their child. And they do have to have a, a parent uh, consent form. They'll get all of that information when they call to register. Yeah, no, that's a great opportunity for them. Yes. And we're, we'll have another one in the fall. We're just trying to see how things will go and trying to do what we can in the midst of everything that's going on. And our goal is to mentor them to coach them throughout this process. So it won't end here. For those that are very interested in becoming business owners when they are at the appropriate age, of course, when you're 18, think 18 is the legal age to have a corporation in the state of Alabama. But for those that are not old enough to do so, we're still going to coach them along so that when they are ready to launch, their business when they get there we're right there with them you're helping yeah, them along right. the way and give the number one more time area code 334-655-3925 thank you for joining us today and tune in next week we're going to be talking about the social media ruin relationship thank you for listening to episode six of staying connected in the wiregrass Brought to you by The Radio People.